0: Jack LaLanne once said, exercise is king, nutrition is queen. Put them together, and you've got a kingdom. Get ready to have it all. This is the All for One podcast. You're about to get honest, accurate information about training and nutrition to not only achieve your goals, but to go beyond. Go beyond. Everything you need. To make it to the kingdom. This is the All for One podcast. And now your host, personal trainer and nutrition coach, Aaron Armstrong. (laughs)
1: Hi and welcome back to the podcast, I hope you guys have been having a good week, I've been having an amazing week as well, a lot of things have been happening kind of in my personal life and business life which have been going really well, so I hope you guys are all having a really good time as well. Today's podcast we are going to go over how to get into training, how to be consistent, what I recommend uh, depending on how many days you train, that's probably from about one to five days, what movements to focus on in the beginning and hopefully this will give you guys some sort of insight in a better direction with your current training. Let's get straight into it. So how should you get into training? This is probably something that people overshoot when they're first starting off with training. Let's see. So when a new person comes to me, the very first thing that I do is I kind of assess what their current activity levels is, if they're playing sport, if they're just working like an office job where they're not moving around too much. Just generally kind of sussing out what sort of activity they're kind of doing throughout the day. This is going to give me a great indicator of where to start with training and I'll probably push them to starting anywhere from one I would say one to three maximum at the at the very beginning if it's someone who doesn't have a lot of activity or doesn't play sport the reason for this is the body is going to get a really big shock the first few times that you introduce it into some sort of training so you want to make sure that they're able to kind of fully recover and overcome that muscle soreness so putting someone five days a week is going to be extremely ineffective because they're just going to be sore and sore and sore they're probably going to hate training as well because people don't want to be sore all the time and just because the body's not used to it it's definitely gonna be that intense so i usually will start someone off here yeah, like i said about one to three days we kind of just set them up around what fits into their schedule there's so many more factors that kind of goes into it as well if someone has a really busy busy schedule where they're living a really high stress life or working anywhere from like 40 to 60 hours a week and they have kids and all these other things at uh, the max that i would kind of prescribe them into the gym regardless is yeah probably about that one to two days at the beginning, Just cause outside stress uh, is also very dependent on how your body adapts and handles training. So if you're living a high stress life and then you're coming into the gym and putting even more stress on yourself, you're just gonna get drained, you're gonna get burnt out, you're probably not gonna wanna come in and add to the additional stress that you already have. So doing like one to two days should be somewhat maintainable across time, which is what you should always aim for when setting how many days you can come in. Because the amount of time I've had people being like, yep, I wanna come in five days a week off the bat. And I'm like, look, I appreciate the enthusiasm But let's let's be realistic. What sort of training have you done before this? Oh, you haven't? Okay, good We're only gonna start you on two days a week full body workouts Practicing the movements and I just kind of get feedback off the first couple weeks of us starting this usually people would be like Oh, yeah, this is pretty easy. This isn't too bad, which I'm like, that's perfect. That's exactly how we want to start off today So do the least amount in the beginning just just get really consistent with coming into the gym Consistently and that's gonna set you up for the most success in that medium to long term uh, Consistency wise of the gym now going into Your the amount of days you can train and what sort of splits you should be running This is definitely going to vary person to person but for the majority of people who've never trained before I recommend a two let's say we're talking one day a week I want you to hit full body. You're not gonna get much out of out of your training as if you were to do two or three days, but training one day a week versus zero days a week, there's a huge difference in how people's bodies are just off that one day of training. So full body for about one to three days is what I recommend. It's very dependent on, on the person. Uh, if they don't like training full body on three days a week, I'd probably put them on a upper lower or a lower upper and doing two of whatever they wanna improve on the most. So for example, I have, girl come in and she also work kind of on her glutes and legs and that sort of thing we'll do a lower on the first day upper on the second day lower on the third day and then say we have the flip side like a guy comes in and he wants to train his upper body more than his legs like most guys do unfortunately it's very sad it's an epidemic um yeah i'll put him on an upper body day on the first day lower body on the second day and an upper body on the third day and what i usually like to do in that sort of situation as well is i pretty much tell the guy i'm like your body is only going to allow you the upper body to grow so much if you don't train your legs at all. That's kind of how I wrote people into training legs as well. Your body's only going to be able to put on... Your upper body, I apologize, is only going to be able to put on so much muscle, depending on how much muscle you have kind of on the areas on your other parts of your body too, like your legs. So, moral of the story, try and have some sort of balance between this is what I'm trying to say. My favorite thing to train, if you can't tell already, is I love training legs. I don't know what it is. I I think it's just probably the amount of weight that I move on a regular basis when I'm doing legs, like deadlifts and squats. And for me personally, they're just the funnest lift so I'm I'm a huge advocate for getting people into some sort of balanced style of training so moving on to your kind of four and five days so four days I again I don't really like the, the push pull leg split unless that's someone who's training six days a week so I usually go for four days upper lower upper lower and again hitting kind of the balance between the two is really good for five days again it can vary I might do something like an upper lower upper lower and then a full body at the end or I might do something again it's very Dependent on the person, whether they don't like that kind of repetitiveness in their programming. I'll do maybe like a push-pull legs, push-pull or something like that. Again, that just kind of goes into what the focus of that person is trying to achieve. And then yeah, just kind of going from there. But yeah, most people respond really well to kind of anywhere from two to four days of training. I don't push people to train any more than that, especially if they're a beginner, just because you're gonna get tons out of just coming in two days a week if you've never trained before or three days a week, whatever it is. Uh, and there's, there's been times as well where I've had to pull people back who are drastically kind of overtraining. They're in the gym for like two hours, five, six days a week, smashing their body, trying to get it into being as sore as it possibly can, which honestly is really ineffective uh, for kind of building muscle and building up that strength as well. Usually a good indicator that we've got someone training at the right intensity or the right frequency is the day after they train, they should only be a little bit sore. They shouldn't be in this crippling state, which might happen at the beginning, like I explained earlier. But once you've kind of gotten into a good routine of training, you shouldn't consistently be getting sore, like drastically sore every day. That doesn't mean you had a good workout. It probably means that you've pushed a little bit too hard and that your body is now focusing on recovering the muscles, not necessarily adapting and building. So I always like to tell people that because they've been kind of told this this bullshit truth that harder, push harder than you did last time. Go as hard as you can, destroying the muscles, tearing them as much as you can is going to help you build more muscle. When it's really not the case and it just kind of, yeah it's so easy to once you're in that mentality to be considered consistently overtraining and you just feeling the pump feeling the muscles contracting and being sore feels good but it's not entirely beneficial in my opinion and so yeah I like to tell so someone I, I usually text most of my clients a day after I've trained them be like hey how's everything going just to kind of get a rough idea on of how how well I've put them through a session these people who have come in to me they usually come from circuit style training or really high intensity training very short rest periods and And now they're kind of stepping back and coming into something different. Yeah, they usually come up and they're like, oh, I don't really feel too sore. And I'm like that. Is perfect. That's exactly where we want to be. At the end of a good workout, you should be feeling energized. You shouldn't be feeling wrecked. It's super easy uh, to make someone sore, to tire someone out. You just make them do a hundred reps of whatever the hell you're doing. But it's just not not an effective way to train people. Because you want them to be yeah, you want them to enjoy the session. You don't want it to be added stress into their life. And again, it kind of varies on how people like to be trained. Some people like that extra intensity. Which if that's how they like to train, that's going to be the best way to train that person. It's very dependent, like I said, on what people like and what people don't like. But for the most part, I always try to explain to people, even who are in that high intensity uh, kind of mindset to just push, 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 push. But the reason why we want to slow things down, we want to rest properly, we want to recover properly and how that's going to only benefit that kind of progression with their training. Because yeah, to me coming in and having a just kind of like a nice staple workout where I'm not pushing too crazy, I'm getting a good pump, but I'm not feeling fatigued. And then, and then I'm feeling good for the rest of the day i really enjoy that for me that's personally what i enjoy and what i found a lot of my kind of medium to long-term clients enjoy as well because they're not getting burnt out. But yeah, going into kind of the movements that we should be focusing on, again, it kind of depends, like, I can't, it's really hard to give a blanket statement that applies to everyone because people have kind of injuries, people have imbalances, people, yeah, they have all sorts of things wrong with them that could restrict them or possibly put them in danger going into these movements. So it's hard to speak for each of you guys individually, but as a general statement, let's paint the the avatar of someone who has got maybe moderate tightness, kind of as a normal person does, but they're not too restricted, they don't have really any existing injuries, they, yeah, can move relatively well, like I said, no medical conditions, which, To be quite honest, most people have some sort of injury, but even then we can work around it, but that's only because they've got a professional like myself or another trainer, kind of walking them through it, paying close attention to their technique and helping them take care of these imbalances. But for today, let's just focus and say that the person has no injuries, no medical conditions, and they're in relatively decent shape. Not decent shape, but no injuries. So I personally like leaning into our big compound lifts, just because you're gonna get the most bang for your buck out of these movements, Okay, so they 100% recruit the most muscles out of any other lift. I don't care if you're on a machine. If you're not doing compound movements and you're able to, you're doing yourself Uh, A massive disservice because like I said loading up on a barbell back squat properly you are going to be loading everything using every single muscle in your body to help either stabilize move that weight or to balance that weight which is only gonna give you that kind of ongoing progression ongoing gains and these are kind of some of the some of the only movements that you can continually progressively overload and see really good results with uh, no matter what sort of training style you're doing with doing them with so yeah I always advocate for a squat deadlift in a bench some sort of overhead press as well they're probably the big four that you want to have in in your programming and to be quite honest it's it's probably a good indicator that you have got good programming if big if don't want to offend people if you're capable of going through these movements now let's say you've got someone with some sort of existing injury and they're very scared to get back into these movements that kind of turns into the short term the medium term goal is getting them into a position where they can complete these lifts obviously there's other variations like i think some with injury putting them on machines is great just because you have that extra stability you can take that extra time you can give them that peace of mind to go through the motion of that movement uh, and depending on how severe the injury or whatever it is is then you can progress to those bigger compounds for example one of my good good clients that I've had for pretty much since the very beginning is he stuck around with me for a while he had some hip complications and we really struggled kind of at the beginning getting him into a squat but we slowly but surely built up and up and up and now he's fully capable of doing a squat and we've actually the most we've loaded up at the moment is loaded up about 80 kilos on that one and again that's just been slow small incremental improvements but yeah so that's just kind of my take on it if you're able to you should yeah if you're unable or you're unsure seek some sort of guidance from uh someone you know who does it or even better a trainer or myself feel free to send me a, a video or whatever of you doing the movements and i can definitely kind of help you critique that one thank you guys for coming in and listening today that's pretty much everything I wanted to cover. If you guys have any questions, uh, feel free to send them to me on Instagram or Facebook. Hope you guys have an awesome day. I'll be back soon. See you later.
0: You've been listening to the All For One podcast. It's Aaron's passion to give you honest, accurate information. When it comes to training and nutrition, we want you to achieve your goals. We hope you've enjoyed the show. Make sure to like, rate, and review it. We'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on Instagram at all for one underscore PT. For questions, comments, or suggestions, send an email to all for one PT at gmail.com and find us on. Facebook at all for one PT. We'll leave you with a quote from Gabe Grunwald: It's okay to struggle, but it's not okay to give up on yourself or your dreams.